Hello, everybody. How you doing? Hope all is well. This is Perizopoulos. Welcome back to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. And I'm still obsessing over the painting Still Life with a Skull by Philippe de Champagne. I suggest you all take a look at it. And I'm thinking a lot about that hourglass still. So I've been doing some research. I've been returning to some Pierre Hadot. I've been using a lot of his work in my current teaching, and it's been helping me a lot personally. So I want to briefly share a couple quotes. The first one coming from Philosophy is a Way of Life. I'm just going to read it. I'll offer some interpretation and see how it goes. So he says, enjoying the present without thinking about the past or the future does not mean living in total instantaneousness. Thoughts about the past and the future are to be avoided only insofar as rehashing past defeats and cowering in fear of future difficulties can cause distractions, worries, hopes, or despair, which turn our attention away from the present where it ought to be concentrated. When we do concentrate our attention on the future, however, we discover that the present itself contains both the past and the future, insofar as it is the genuine passage within which the action and movement of reality are carried out. So, we only live now. Facts. That's it. It is impossible to live tomorrow. It is impossible to live yesterday. And I love how he's breaking this down. Right? He's telling you, as Marcus Aurelius would, as he told himself, right, to winnow your thoughts. Take a minute. I love this exercise. Think for a moment or write for a moment. What percentage of your time do you spend thinking about the past? What percentage of your time do you spend thinking about the future? And what percentage of the time do you spend actually thinking about the present moment? And then characterize those thoughts, right? Are your thoughts of the future positive? Are they optimistic? Or as he's saying here, are you overcome with fear? Do you feel distracted? Are there a lot of hopes? Right? How do you feel about those hopes? Again, are you confident about the hopes? Are you optimistic? Are there maybe a lot of negative narratives? Or are you catastrophizing your future? Are you only seeing the negative possibilities? So not only say, all right, maybe let's say on a daily basis, I typically spend 40% of my time thinking about the future. Break it down further. Well, what percentages of that 40 are positive what are which are negative, and then characterize your most common narratives. And do you, again, do you see yourself succeeding or failing? Do you see yourself dealing well with potential failures? Do you see yourself struggling, thriving? Describe it. Right? And I think that's really what this short paragraph or excerpt is sort of asking us to do. Right? Think about the past the same way. Maybe you think about the past 30% of the time. What percentage of that are you reviewing your defeats? What percentage of that are you highlighting your successes? Are you using the past in a way, or let's say using your knowledge and imagining or reimagining of the past in a way that's truthful? Are you organizing evidence that's helpful? So we need to cultivate a sense of how we relate to the past, present, and the future. And I think that percentage exercise, along with a more detailed description, breaking it down, positive, negative, and then characterizing the positivity, the negativity, the most frequently engaged narratives, right? That's a great self-writing exercise or even a thought exercise at the end of the week, right? Or at the end of the day. At the beginning of the day, set intentions. Today, I'm really going to live in the day. That's something I've been doing more, uh, more seriously recently, and it's actually been very helpful. So by that, I mean I've started to do a little bit of a journaling practice to, I think, or hopefully apply what Hado is saying here to put my thoughts more on the present, right? So there are a lot of ways to do that. 
for me, I think really turning, let's say, and I mean this in a positive sense, a more intense gaze, a more detail-oriented approach to my daily living, that's been really helpful. Right? There's a great quote from Seneca that I'll highlight here, that nothing is ours except time. So if you take that idea seriously, you might be able to immerse yourself in the ways you use your time on a daily basis. And then that, I think, leads to more intense and ultimately really enjoyable engagement in the moment. So again, my practice has been, I started off by writing, by writing down what I do first thing in the morning, right? So I wake up, I write down what time I wake up, and then like, I maybe give myself a little time to kind of drift, get my coffee ready, whatever, and then I start immediately, you know, I jump into my next task, and I start just kind of keeping track of things, right? So maybe it's 5.45, wake up, then maybe it's 6.15, exercise, and then stop exercising at 6.45, write that down, and then, all right, maybe take a little bit of a break, and then at 7, do this, do that, check emails, right? And I just think for me, as I immerse myself in the activities and keeping track of them, it helped me live in the day a lot more. I noticed that it alleviated some of my future-driven thinking. And I think we can combine a lot of different ideas in regards to how we can cultivate a healthy relationship to thoughts of the future and thoughts of the past. I think in the next couple episodes, um, I hope to cover anxiety. It's something that's, I think, immensely important. It's something that our, at least my generation, I'm a millennial, right? I think we grapple with that a lot and I think philosophy can help. So of course, anxiety is a future-driven way of thinking. Um, and for me, this alleviated a lot of that on a weekly and daily basis, right? It's concentrating, right? So again, I pull this out of Hado and I mentioned this idea of concentrating more about how I use my time on a daily basis because he's really telling us here a couple times, he's using that word, concentrate. So what does that really mean? Right? So if concentration and, let's say, the offering of attention are pathways to creation, are pathways, we could even say, you know, attention is love. Right? To really offer our attention is, is an act of love. Right? We should concentrate more of our attention, perhaps, on the time that's ours, which is the present. None of this other time is ours. Again, we can't live tomorrow and we can't live yesterday. Right, And when he's saying here, we really focus on the present, we see that it, it sort of is the past and the future. I love that idea. There's a great work of art, The Walking Man by Alberto Giacometti, right? And it's sort of like this guy with elongated legs and he's a statue, right? And we catch him in mid-stride. So his legs, one foot in front of the other, right? And for me, that really speaks to this. You make your future with your present. When Marcus Aurelius writes to himself, don't worry about the future. You'll greet it with the same sort of reason. That's a cool idea, in my opinion, um, that you have today. Well, you have to sharpen your sword today. So when you train yourself to address the moment, to let's even say, let's even lower that bar for a moment, right? To address the day, to address this hour, to take your time seriously, Right? You're sharpening a sword. You're working on an ability. You're developing a capacity that will not only help you in the moment to do the thing you're doing with love, with attention, because you're directing your gaze here, but you're creating the type of personhood. You're making a self that will be good at that, or let's say that will be better at that tomorrow had you not done it today. I'm sorry, it would be better at it tomorrow 
if you do it today. If you don't do it today, you're training yourself once again to direct your gaze elsewhere. And that, that could potentially just keep going on forever. Right? So we really have to keep that in mind. Life only happens in the now. Right? And when he's talking about enjoying the moment, we have another great quote from Seneca here. When one is busy and absorbed in one's work, the very absorption affords great delight. So we might even say, and I think there's some validity to this, if we spend too much time thinking about the future, too much time thinking about the past, we are robbing ourselves of potential meaning in life, right? We're robbing ourselves of, I would say, potential happiness, potential joy, and potential eudaimonia. Because when he's saying work, I want to expand on that. When one is busy and absorbed in one's work, I would also say work and love. When you're busy loving people and you're busy working on yourself, which is a form of self-love, that is joyful absorption. That is delightful absorption. And think for a little bit. I'll speak for myself, but this may uh, resonate with some of you, right? For me, thinking about the future only goes well for a short period of time. I'm like, oh, that'd be great if I achieve this thing in the future. Okay, cool. Here's how I might do it. Make a little action plan. Great. Now, if I sit with that thought too long, all of a sudden I start wanting that thing a little too much. Then if I start wanting it, well, guess what? I start wanting it now. If it gets worse, I'll start being like, well, why haven't I done this already? I'll start wanting it yesterday. I'm not happy anymore. And as we've talked about with the Stoics, right, there's sort of two general things we have to think about. Our inner disposition, our internal life, and I would say also, right, the internal life, that's the self-care, that's the self-knowledge work. And then there's the service, the service element, which when Marcus Aurelius is writing in Meditations, this is enough for you. He's referring to this moment. He's trying to ground himself. And he says, what's enough for you? Right? We break it down. Hado does a great job of this too in Philosophy is a Way of Life. He's saying the judgment you're bringing to bear at this moment upon reality, as long as it is objective, that takes work to try to have objective, truthful judgments of what's happening right now. Second, the action you're carrying out. That's the service element. How? As long as it is accomplished in the service of the human community. That'll keep us busy. We only, again, we can only take action now. We can only judge now. The inner disposition which you find yourself in at this moment. As long as it is it a disposition of joy in the face of the conjunction or combination of events caused by extraneous causality, which is to say we're in the universe, a lot of stuff's out of our control. You could spend your whole life, your whole day, which is really to say your whole moment right now with these three things and feel full, which is to say it's enough for you. Now, even if it's not, let's say, joyful at the moment, we strive for that. Life will make us, or let's say, again, make us, in, you know, in the Stoic conception is not the exact way to put it, maybe, but things will happen in life that will provoke sadness and sometimes that sadness is righteous and true and just and makes sense but ultimately you don't want to have a whole let's say you don't want your whole life to be sad right so if we're working to achieve these three things constantly strive towards objective judgment addressing the moment constantly try to take action in this moment that's of service i would say action that is loving in this moment even asking, like phrasing that as a question, right? How could I do something right now that could express love to someone else? That grounds you in the moment, that has you taking action. That's a great question. 
That's actually even a great way to fight anxiety or let's say anxious thinking. When you feel anxious thinking rising up in you, you feel your gaze being too much focused on the future as I just described mine a moment ago. You can punctuate that. You can end that. You can winnow. You can redirect your thoughts with a question about how can I do something to help somebody else? And I think that often will lead to the inner disposition that is more joyful. So these three things are things that we can achieve in the moment and they're things that we can use moments when they feel absent we can acknowledge it in that moment, then use that very next moment to strive for these things. All of this should be enough to keep you busy and should be enough to help you strive for eudaimonia and fulfillment, right? This was what Marcus would say was delimiting the present. It's when we turn our attention away from the past and future and we try to concentrate it on the process, right? The process of the thing we're actually doing. So those questions that revolve around judgment, let me judge this moment well. And even that, immerse yourself in that. One of my favorite things Pablo Neruda used to do is he used to do odes, right? He's a poet. He would like do an ode to an apple. He has a great one, Ode to Socks. These odes were like little poems, right? That's, in my opinion, a great artistic way to actually engage in your daily life, to write little poems, either literally or in your mind, or maybe not even poems, just have thoughts. Actually taste your food. When you sit, actually notice the chair. When you walk, actually look around at where you're walking. Right? That's engagement in the moment. Maybe even a self-writing practice where you think about a thing you engage with on a daily basis in a serious way. Judge the things around you. I think sometimes when we use the word judge in our modern language, we think it's inherently a negative thing. No, be judgmental. If your judgments are truthful and just and courageous and temperate, they're virtuous judgments. So practice that in your daily life. Notice the weather. Say something about it. Engage as we have with Epictetus, right? Caretake this moment. Engage with this person. Engage with this task. There's a thisness to things. Describe them in detail. Engage with them with energy and attention. Right? And on that note, I'll punctuate this brief discussion about living in the moment. I hope some of this was helpful with a great quote from Pierre Hadot again that he highlights from Faust. The quote, I think, simply but powerfully is, do not think, do not reflect about the past or the future. Take advantage of the present occasion. Love. I try to live this. I think for me, a lot of my future-driven thinking that will get negative, right? We might call that anxiety just for argument's sake. And again, we have episodes coming soon on anxiety. And a lot of my thinking about the past, where to use Hado's idea, I'm rehashing defeats. Uh, and I'm making myself feel bad about mistakes instead of just learning from them. And then maybe making myself feel a little bit like, okay, you could have done better. That wasn't the, the best decision. Because sometimes, again, I think it's okay to have regrets to some extent, right? I think we, you could say that was regrettable. And as long as you learn from it, it's okay. Because I also don't think in terms of how we relate to the past. And we'll have more on this too. Um, I don't like the idea of revising the past and being dishonest, right? Which is to say, denying that we've made mistakes or denying that we've lacked virtue or denying that we haven't always given things our best or haven't been attentive. We have to learn from these things and we have to confront them honestly to do that. And nobody's perfect, right? That being said, to go back and back and rehash and rehash and instead of learning and moving on and trying to make better decisions, of course, is a problem, right? So my solution to a lot of these narratives has sort of been to live this quote, 
the question once again might be, all right, you know what? Let me ground myself in the moment with the best thing we do as people, which again is to love. So maybe it's about, in a literal way, picking up the phone and calling someone. Maybe it's about even texting somebody. Maybe it's about focusing on how you can be of service to your loved ones or to your colleagues at work or to your classmates. That is the best way, I think, to redirect our attention. And if we take action, right? For Jean-Paul Sartre, there's no reality outside of action. He even talks about love in that speech, existentialism is a humanism. You have to act love. That puts us right in the moment. Think about Aurelius, right? He's saying action in the moment for the service of the human community. And I think we could also add to that, you know, service to love ourselves more. Go do something good for you that you know is good for you, that you can rely on. So when we take action like this consciously and we make this a habit, we might be able to start living in the moment a little bit more. And again, we have to think about the future. We have to at least, I think, have a direction. It's helpful. We have to learn from our past. But keep that first Hado quote in mind. Avoid certain things about your thinking of the past. Doesn't mean ignore them, let's say. Let me choose my words carefully here. Don't entirely avoid a past defeat. Don't entirely avoid potential difficulties in the future. That might seem fearful. But choose courage and choose learning. And choose the moment. And what's the best thing to do with the moment? As Faust is saying, as Hado is highlighting, right? Love. So putting that in our minds, I think, is a great way to avoid some anxiety. And it's a great way to lead a healthier life, a more eudaimonic and fulfilling life. All we have is this moment. Act accordingly. And the best way to act, of course, is to be loving. Hope this is helpful. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you soon.